begins today. Just a few hours ago, the team announced Lovey Smith as their new head coach. Eric Brooks played his entire career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and now is eligible for the Warren Sapp redefined his position on the field. Come July, he will enter pro football's Hall of Fame. Play action fake, driving back, pressure coming as the pass away. It is caught. First down, Campbell, down the sideline. Yo, 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 this is how it's going down at Tampa Bay Sportscast. I'm your host, Ryan King. Welcome back, Michael Sastry and myself, to another exciting week of Tampa Bay sports for some of the teams. Uh, how's it going, Mike? Uh, great to have you back on. I'm excited to keep bringing this info to these people, man. Yeah, excited to be back, man. There's a lot of stuff that's been going on in Tampa Bay sports. A lot of, like you said, a lot of good, a lot of bad. But let's go ahead and start dive right into that USF Bulls in the bowl game against the Thundering Herd, Marshall. Yeah, I, I guess we'll start with the bad. Um, we'll definitely get that out of the way so we can dive into the good later. Uh, this game was, um, I mean, not a lot of positives from this game right from the start. It just it basically you told you could see the team that wanted to play and the team that didn't. Yeah, they. They didn't have a really good plan coming into the game. They didn't end up starting Blake Barnett. They ended up going with the third-string quarterback, Chris Olodkin from Sickles High School. They played him for the first couple of series because reports came out earlier that Blake Barnett was still dealing with that shoulder injury, but he ended up dressing for the game. Two series in, they switch out quarterbacks and put Blake into the game. So if he was healthy enough to start then, I don't know. I don't understand why they wouldn't start him in the beginning of the game. It was just the way they handled that quarterback situation in the beginning. It just, I, I didn't understand it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a two quarterback system thing. It was kind of, oh my god, I made the wrong choice, and maybe you know, it it, it just kind of, it's kind of questioning were they ever even trying to play this game to begin with, or were they trying to protect him? I I don't know. It's. I don't know from your insight if you knew anyone that had any better information on that. I definitely was confused. It was it was a poor game uh, all around. I think I like I think I told you. I think I remember one positive play for USF that I was like really excited about. The rest of it, you know, poor tackling. Uh, they ran right down our throat. Um, couldn't do anything about it, man. And uh, I don't know going forward. Uh, you know, what what do you think? Uh, this has any uh, implications recruiting or anything like that? Uh, that's a, that's a toughy subject because we don't know the future with, uh, Charlie Strong. We don't know if he's going to have, uh, other opportunities elsewhere at bigger power five schools or, and that might help, that might hurt against recruiting because people are probably coming, wanting to come and play for Charlie, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming he's going to be back next year, but moving forward with the recruits that he's trying to bring in, I don't know if he's going to be there hundred percent the years upcoming after. Um, but who knows at this point? Uh, I guess another good question is, do you want him as our coach coming up? And do you think there's still strong support for Charlie strong? Oh, absolutely. He's still, he's still a great coach in my eyes. He, he, he brought a winning culture. 
he, I think he came from Florida and uh, coached previously at Texas. But the the guys play for him. They just had a bad six game slump ending this season, and it was actually the the most winningest class in USF history, winning the past, uh, winning thirty six games in the past four years. It was just pretty atrocious how they finished out that class. You know, losing five straight in the regular season, dropping a bowl game, which they're trying to get their third straight bowl it, uh, victory. It definitely and- would have been big if they could have gotten to the forty wins. I know that uh, that's like a big number for senior classes because basically you've averaged ten wins a season, so you can kind of like hang your head on that. Uh, the craziest I heard, I think Colt McCoy won fifty something games through his career, which is you know that's crazy, man, to win like. But, uh, yeah, I mean, going back, you know, not to stray far from uh, the the subject, uh, what about the next year's recruiting class? I know we have a bunch of different recruits that we've been seeing getting signed. Uh, I know some of the guys you're really excited about. Um, I don't know if you want to go into into that. Yeah. Um, So on Wednesday it was National Signing Day for a lot of the high school graduates going to college next year and getting their scholarships but uh usf actually signed 19 three-star recruits on national signing day it was actually including a young man from largo high school named raymond collins he's a big 6-3 offensive tackle so i mean it's good covering people uh players that went to the same high schools or close to the high school that you played at like we played high we played largo high school every single year in high school football so it's pretty cool seeing like these these local schools getting big, big recruits to big schools. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, Largo high school, they always had tough linemen. So I I like bringing a a tougher edge, you know, maybe a more downhill running edge. I haven't really personally watched a lot of his tape to know his exact game, but from playing against Largo high school, they were physical. So I definitely, uh, I like that. Um, uh, there was a tight end that I guess was from East Lake. I don't know what high school he played at. You were kind of going in uh, before the episode about him. Yeah, it was just a local boy from East Lake. Um, it didn't say exactly where he played his high school football at, but he's a big, bigger size tight end that they have coming to him. See, so yeah, that's exciting. Uh, you know, bigger receivers and uh, you know, tough linemen, and they're all from a local area to cover some people that went to high schools or maybe even basically from where we're from. It's, I'm definitely excited about it. I know some of our listeners are excited about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's about it for the USF Bulls for now. Um, well, definitely any recruits, anything going forward, we're gonna let you guys know. But I think we should. Uh, Get a little more positive on uh, the podcast and talk about our lightning, man. Really exciting game against Calgary the other night. Uh, we didn't start the game well, but we, we really ended it well. So uh, what do you think about that, man? Yeah, that Calgary game, what an exciting finish, huh? I mean, lightning down 3-1 to one in the first period. They weren't playing as aggressive as they sometimes do play. Um, so they got down 3-1. to one. They were able to... Claw their way back in the second period. Stammer big, had an big amazing second goal. period. Yeah, that Stammer goal was just unreal. That was pretty cool to watch. And then going into the third period, they're just playing extremely aggressive. I just like the way that Yanni Gord, Braden Point, and all the younger cats that we have on our team, they just play with a lot of energy, and they're just they're a pain to play against. I can I can tell you that I don't ever play hockey. I've only watched, but playing against players like that, it's just they got to be annoying to play against. 
But one hundred percent, and that was actually a major key factor in the game. Uh, the first period, uh, they definitely weren't as aggressive as they were were playing. So uh, in the second period, you saw them ramp it up, and uh, you started getting them, you know, kind of rebound goals. Stammy had that crazy goal, and they just got more physical. And another cool thing I actually heard, or not cool thing, was funny is uh, they were doing a, they had a pe- uh, when they were doing penalty shots, they actually brought up that every like uh, Headman had a sweet penalty, kind of like slowed down and just ripped it. And uh, Braden Point, I guess, hasn't hit a penalty shot this year, which I thought that was kind of crazy for how talented he is to not hit a penalty shot. Uh, do you think he's just uh, it's just in his head, or do you think that's just like a fluky kind of stat? You know, I'm not. I don't go into much about shootouts because they're not that big inside. Like during the season, I get, I get that you can get two points instead of one, but he, he, he finds ways to put the puck in the back of the net. That's why he's one of the top scorers in the NHL. Um, but you know, it's just I don't look too much into the shootouts. JT Miller had a great game-winning goal in the seventh round of the shootouts. I mean, that's just that's a lot of rounds and shootouts. I never see it really go that far. But I'm not. I'm not looking too far into the Braden Point being able to score on shootouts. He'll get, he'll get his eventually. He's just going through a little bit of a slump right now. In that exact area, but uh, yeah, no, um, yeah. I mean, with with the goalie play, you probably it's not surprising that you know at least with with Vaz, that's not surprising that it could go that far. Um, but yeah, I mean, just exciting game. It was really good to see them kind of, you know clamped down in the second period and that that's where good teams when they don't come out well like the you know and uh the lightning actually are eight and four when they're down in games that's how good they're playing this year is they're eight and four in games that they start down so i thought that was a, a pretty funny stat uh that they said during the broadcast um another it's just great to see good teams respond when they're doing bad and they respond well to it and to see them respond in the second period to it uh, and you have having Vaz as a goalie, man. The amount of saves that he's he is, it's crazy. We really shouldn't even be in some of these games. How many saves he's making? Yeah, man. To Vasilevsky, I'm so glad that he's back from that foot injury. I mean, even though Louis Domingue did a great job in in his in his net when he was gone, but Vasilevsky, even like the past four or five games, especially the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, he had 48, a franchise setting record in a game set previously by Ben Ben Bishop and himself both had the tie on that on that record before Vazzy took it over against the Maple Leafs and we'll just we'll just recap some of those uh, lightning games in the past 4 days that we haven't been able to cover that the Maple Leafs game where he had the 48 saves I don't know if many of you guys seen the save where it got the puck got past him was just crossing the line when he grabs his, his right foot grabs the puck and kicks it out Something like that was just unreal to watch, especially on his first day back from injury. Doing that kind of saves and saving 48 in one game, that was unreal. Especially being able to beat the number two team in the NHL as of right now. That was good to see. In the past few past couple games, he's just been playing lights out. So it's good to see them get back on their winning ways. They, ha- they didn't really lose. I guess they lost in overtime. I don't really count that. They still get a point. So they're on a point streak right now, which is good to see. This team's just playing with a lot of confidence behind Vazzy, and having Vazzy in the net gives them a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of pressure off the offense. Not that they can slow down. They still need to score goals, but this whole team 
I don't see where they lose. Like, the, I think this is a, a boomer bust year. It's either they win the cup or I don't see them winning a cup in a couple years. I don't know. I don't know your take on that, but that's how I feel right now. That's a, a number one topic right now. Is it the cup year or is it just another year we're going to get to game seven of the Eastern Conference finals and blow it? Yeah, man, I feel like uh, that's kind of been the thing is uh, the, with the Lightning the last couple of years is we've just been so supremely talented, especially offensively. It's it's like the greatest show on ice. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's you, you really want to see them pull through. I think this team deserves a championship, especially how good they are this year. And uh, I'm here here nor that. I, I think it is a boom. I think this team is championship or bust. I mean, what you. <laughs> You've been that close for this many years. You have so much talent. It's it's got to be championship or bust. I mean, I would expect but no less. This this year, especially, they have every piece that they need to win the cup. That's why this year, for, for me, sure, rounding out everything. This is definitely the the year you win the cup. I mean, after this year, I think you're going to lose the defenseman that we got from the Rangers, uh, Ryan McDonough. So. Hopefully they can just put it all together and finish out this year strong and get a cup and bring it home to Tampa Bay. Yeah, let's uh let's get a let's get a second championship and seal the deal as the greatest uh, franchise sports franchise in Tampa Bay. And uh, actually, I think in the world or one of the top in the world, they're the best franchise in all of sports. Not profit wise, like they're not worth them in the the amount. In the, the way. NHL, they were rated. I, I know for a fact in the NHL, they were rated for having the number one home stadium in the NHL, which is pretty cool. Uh, a hockey, uh, the number one arena in hockey is in Florida. You wouldn't, if you told them 50 years ago, hockey players will laugh at you. So I think that that's a really cool aspect. Yeah. But that's just a testament to our owners and stuff. They do so much. They just pour so much money and do try so hard to make it a a quality product. And they've gone. They they've far exceeded expectations. Yeah, Jeffrey Vinnick's done extremely, extremely good job at in Tampa Bay for the Lightning. I'm 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 glad and blessed to have him in our corner. Hell yeah, brother. Um. Yeah, so I think going forward, uh, are there any like key matchups that you know going forward for the Lightning, or do you think that they're gonna just keep streaking for now, and it's just gonna be uh, they're gonna coast with this one seed for the most part? I mean, I know they're very they're far ahead of even the uh, the second team, and that's pretty big. Being uh, I think they're like seven or eight points ahead of even the second place team. I'm not exactly sure on that. It's been a a day or two since I checked the. The, the old the old standings have been flying and stuff. Yeah, they're eight points ahead of the uh, Maple Leafs, but they also have one game extra played against them. And yeah, they're just they're just creeping above every single team in the NHL. It's not even close at this point. But yeah, I don't see them losing anytime soon. They might if they have a slump game. You never know. It's it's a professional sport. You're never guaranteed to win in any game. Um, because the the team on the other side is just as talented, maybe not as talented, but they're, they're re- there's a reason why they're in professional hockey. Amen to that, brother. So another uh, Tampa team, which is uh, going to be a co- kind of surprise to, uh, I guess, some, some people, but not to some of our listeners who've been really excited about this, is 
USF men's basketball, man, watch out. They just they had a huge uh, 40-something point victory last night against Alcorn State. Uh, obviously, you know, if you're a good team, you probably should be beating Alcorn State by 40 points. That's here nor there. <laughs> I mean, still, if you score 80 points in a college basketball game, you're, uh, you're, you're shooting the basketball correctly, from my understanding of it. Um, really, really excited, man. Uh, they're eight and two. I think they're on a they're on a four game win streak, and this is the best record start for USF basketball since 2013. Um, yeah, guys, I'm actually when I get back in town, I'm definitely going to be attending some of these games with Mike. We're definitely going to hopefully live stream from them, or even you know do do something from that. But we we're definitely going to take a, a a new look at this team because I definitely if there's something special, it'd be cool to get on the ground floor. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, last night against Alcorn State, that was their five-game winning streak, so that that's even better. But, yeah, this team is just playing. We haven't talked a lot about USF men's basketball as of late. They've, they've been struggling the past couple of years, but it looks like that they're going to give USF something to root for in the upcoming months. Maybe they can make a spot in the March Madness. Who knows? That would be fantastic, especially for us trying to make – brackets i'll try to see how far i can get them to ride and how high in that uh, bracket hey man yeah i mean it'll give me a reason to cheer for a florida basketball team because we typically in in the college ranks other than that florida dynasty i mean it's football 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 and these schools tend to struggle getting consistent recruits obviously uh uh leonard at uh, florida state uh he's he's a good coach and he does a good job keeping them consistent. Like they're, it's like every year they're a good defensive team. They get a couple guys from Africa to transfer in and play. Who are like seven feet tall and you know just started playing basketball yesterday, but somehow you know they found them. But that's here nor there. Um, but to see uh see him come out to a hot start, you're gonna. For them to be taken seriously, they're gonna have to probably play at this type of uh, a level all year. Like if they're gonna, if they want to be taken seriously, they're gonna have to go eight and two through every ten game stretch. They're gonna have to go that twenty and four, and then like you know, you know, if they ended up only having like six to eight win losses or whatever, then you, they're gonna be a legit team and they're gonna make it in. I don't think. Uh, I'm excited. I want to see the progression, and I want to see them play some real talent. And I, I'm excited to go to some of the games, man. Like, uh, it's not very far from where we're at, and I know our listeners would really like some more, uh, like in depth, in depth viewing of it. And it'd be cool, maybe Facebook Live some of it. So stay tuned, guys. Yeah, I mean, if this team can go on a good run, I, I strongly believe they can win the American Conference, and. If they really make it into the March Madness, we all know how exciting it was a few years ago when Florida Golf Co- uh, Florida Golf Coast made a, a deep run into the March Madness, upsetting a lot of teams. So if we could bring that kind of excitement to USF, that'd be great for the college and sports around it. Hell yeah, man. I mean, and they could maybe make their school be the football and basketball location. Uh, they can keep pushing it. And uh, there's a lot of expansion in Tampa. So all that means is more money to all of these teams. So these teams have a great opportunity of uh, capturing a growing fan base. And maybe, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll, it will go from there. But USF's been playing really well. I'm excited to actually go see them in person and kind of get, a, you know, give you guys a better analysis of all the players and what they go, what, uh, what this year's going on. Just watching the games is fun, but it makes, I want to see it in person. 
Yeah, man, the Rays making trades at the winter meeting. How hey, about that? The Rays making moves. Eric Neanders know how to pull magic. I know a lot of uh, listeners out there are probably not that excited about the reliever that we got, but that's just the way the Rays fans are as of late. Every time Neander makes a trade, it's, oh, he's not that good of a player. Why are we bringing in people? Why are we letting the good pieces go? But you got to understand that Eric Neander isn't really given much to work with, given the payroll system that the Rays use. They just they're always the the least spending team in salary. But every year he never disappoints. He actually puts somewhat of a decent product with the roster that he he builds, and they always somewhat how to uh, make a push for the playoffs. Like this past year, they were at like forty million dollar payroll, and they almost were able to creep into the wild card. But yeah, these uh the pitchers. They gave away three minor league pitchers for Emilio Pagan, an Oakland A's minor or Oakland A's reliever pitcher. Which I mean, in the past two seasons, he hasn't. He's played okay. So I mean, he's pitched a four three five ERA. He's pitched sixty two innings through fifty five games, fifty five hits, thirteen homers, nineteen walks. But he also struck out sixty, so a little bit under a strikeout an inning. So I'm not gonna jump against this trade until the season gets underway and getting rid of Brock Brock Burke and Kyle Bird, you know, those are two good minor league relievers. But we also had to make room for Charlie Morton from the Astros to uh, make way for those two because Brock Burke and Kyle Bird were activated to the 40-man roster. So do you think think that uh, we're going to – like we gave up too much maybe for a player that isn't as good as people think that, you know, we should have gotten in return. Well, let's see. They got a pick. They got a 38th overall pick in that out of that trade. So they also, and they also got another minor league pitcher. So now they hold the top four picks. uh, They hold four picks in the top 62. So they're sitting in good position to still increase their farm system. Um, so and like I said, Eric so Neander pretty, doesn't. It, it's not a. It's not like a, a dump, and we get one player, so it's kind of a good turnaround. Yeah, we get a good player to help our back end of our bullpen next year. I mean, yeah, we're giving uh, three minor leaguers away when we already have a really strong farm system. So it's it's not that big of a move, like it is, but we're still getting a uh, an experienced reliever in our bullpen, and we're still getting a thirty eighth pick overall in the draft so and like i said eric neander he he knows what he's doing i do and i truly believe in every move that eric neander makes not that i always feel right about it but you know he he knows he knows baseball and he knows how to evaluate talent i i really do believe in him yeah uh i i wouldn't question the uh the rays the one thing that they do well is they they can make something out of nothing uh that's basically been the history of their franchise uh they i mean baseball's funny compared to the other sports who have capped uh you know different cap situations where they can't spend per out per that but in baseball there is no cap so the teams kind of decide what they want to spend to an extent whether they want to go into the luxury tax or not is is a team's choice. But the Rays typically are a, a money ball. They're like the modern money ball. It's like what Moneyball movie is about. That's what the Rays are. 
you know they're gonna they're they're not gonna sign anyone to some crazy. They're not gonna be the Yankees and sign all of their players to six hundred billion dollar life deals. So um, they're they're gonna they're gonna make these moves and make these chefs moves and clearly they've been doing enough. I mean to take this these rosters and be competitive and win. I mean if they weren't in the the AL East last year, that was just a dog. I, I think we had three teams with ninety plus wins. I mean, what are you supposed to do there, man? I mean, that's just such a tough division. Maybe the Rays have more success in a different division. Obviously, it's not how it's uh, laid out, but I'm excited. Uh, I always like the Rays when they're competitive because that means the Yankees are getting beat by the Rays. And any any team that beats the Yankees is a fan for me. So uh, I really, uh, I'm really, uh, really excited for the Rays next year. I know you are too, and... Uh, but there's uh, there's definitely doom and loom over the franchise. Yeah, I like I like the term that you said, make something out of nothing. I really hope that they can make something out of nothing when it comes to this new this new stadium. They said talks are dead, and you know if they can make something happen, it's the Rays. If they can if they can swindle Hillsborough County to help fund the other seven hundred million dollars to the stadium. You know that's the only way I see something happening. Maybe they can increase taxes. To uh, on tourist tourist attractions and just increase the taxes there to compensate towards the stadium. I know that's something that uh, the Atlanta Braves did to help get funding for their stadium. So fingers are crossed, everybody. We want the Rays to stay in Tampa Bay, and hopefully the deal gets done relatively soon. If not, goodbye, Rays. Yeah, goodbye, Rays. Yeah, that's a it's a scary, scary term. I think a lot of people are a little nervous even hearing you say that. But um, just yeah, speaking possibility, nervousness. Uh, I'm definitely not nervous this weekend. We got nothing to lose. The Bucks, I believe, are officially out of the playoffs. So the playoffs do not start this week. Hunter Beam. We don't. We don't need to hear that anymore. Um. Preview Bucks Cowboys man, uh, little cowgirl action this week. Uh, what do you? Uh, what, what are some of the keys to victory for the Bucks? What do you think they need to do, other than catch the damn football? Yeah, catching the damn football would would be a great start. You know, the way to really have success against this Cowboys defense, they they really need to get that offensive line getting hole, holes open for Peyton Barber. Let's establish a run game. Let's try to jam the ball down their throat. Let's let's get Jameis in rhythm, you know, get him some quick throws early. Let's build his confidence. And as soon as he starts building confidence, getting those short throws, the DBs will start to pull up a little bit and they might be able to have some shots down the field. You know, get this get this team the way it was in the beginning of the season where we were just able to score on every possession. But at the same time, Jameis really just needs to protect the football, you know, check down when it's when there's nothing open down deep and if not, run, protect it, get outside the pocket, make something happen. Don't be reckless. Check, throw the ball away. I want to see Jameis throw the ball away a couple times in the next two games. We never see it. Like, if something's not there, I never see him just toss the ball away. He'll try to run, which I don't mind. But there's also possibilities of him getting hurt, which we don't want to see, especially now, since if he gets hurt, we owe him that $21 million next year. But, um, yeah, just – Get that game going, or get the run game going. Get him in, get him in rhythm, and you know protect the football. the The really big key to this win, if win or loss, is going to be the turnover margin. So I don't know if you have anything about the offense. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you. If they 
their offensive line needs to play better. They need to be able to block for Jameis. Uh, nothing, nothing happens in in football if your offensive line can't do it for you. So obviously, in all of the topics you're hitting, the offensive line have to play well. Like if we want to establish a run game with Peyton Barber, we have to have the offensive line play well. If Jameis wants to get in a rhythm early to complete throws, the offensive line has to block for him. If Jameis wants and the receivers to, have to catch ball. Obviously, the receivers love not catching the ball for our team, especially Chris Godwin. If he, if Chris Godwin could have been a Pro Bowler this year, if he could have caught the damn football and not thrown it on the ground, it's it's incredible how many opportunities he gets with all of the explosiveness around him. Like he should just be he like how Juju Smith Schuster is. Like he should be that type of a player where you have so much scary. Uh, options in your offense that give you these one-on-one opportunities with the third, third or fourth guy on the defense. He needs to he needs to play better, man. Uh, I'm really excited about his future. I still think there's a lot in front of him, and you know, just just because of a you know a bad catch here doesn't mean he can't uh, come back from that. Catch the football is really my I think the main thing for both of us. Just catch the football. You know, all the other stuff we'll figure it out. Just catch the dang football. Like, yeah, if Jameis if Jameis gets the ball to you on point, you better catch the football because we do know, know that Jameis has some accuracy issues, especially deeper down the field. I mean, he does still make the really tight window throws from time to time. It's just not on a consistent basis. So, but when he does get it to you, make sure you catch the football, Chris. It's not that hard. You're in the NFL. You get paid for it, and I know you can do it because I've seen you make some incredible incredible plays this past year and in training camp. Like, His talent level talent. is through the level. It's it's really it's. If we can get him and Evans both at like a like you know a good high level, and then like you know I like Humphreys, but if we could get like a third guy, you know probably part ways with Deshaun. I know we saw reports of him selling his house and stuff like that, which I really don't think Deshaun at this point in his career is probably good for any locker room. Uh, he's probably more you know the drama I mean, queen. Yeah, I mean he's I mean he's a receiver, and then he's I mean he's a diva in himself. I mean he's not a bad guy. I really actually like him more personally, like uh, if like to hang out with him or like to know him. And I'm sure one of his friends, like he probably has your back to the end. But as a receiver, you know, he's there for one thing and one thing only, and that's to catch footballs and, you know, make money for his family. And, you know, I don't know if the Bucks really are dear to his heart, like, you know, the Eagles were and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's all good. I, I've loved some of the plays. I, I You know, I loved having Deshaun on the team. I got his signature on a football this year at one of the club uh, club ticket events. So, And he's always been probably one of the most exciting receivers ever. I remember him and Vic that year were just awesome, like so much speed on a field. It was like a video game. So, uh, you know, and I'm happy for him being a buck, but I think uh, for going forward we need someone maybe more of like a possession guy for Jameis to help out with, with Mike and with Godwin. Unless Godwin can be that guy and then we get a more – you know, capable Deshaun like receiver who's younger through the draft. Um, I definitely think we probably need. He's he's older now. I mean, Deshaun's still a weapon. I just don't think he works. Like all I ever see with Deshaun is him get overthrown by Jameis, and whether that's Jameis's fault, Deshaun's fault, or like they just don't work together or the chemistry. I think we've done it enough. Where I think it's I think we're good on Deshaun Jackson. As as a Bucks fan myself, I'm good on Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I just thought it was pretty funny that 
there was reports that he had an interview saying that he wanted to end his career in Tampa. He loves it here. He's a uh, he's welcomed in the city. He loves the people here in Tampa, and he loves the beaches. And then he sells his home. You know, two games two games left of the regular season, and he sells his home. That just that's a lot of red flags there for me. But like you said, he he it was great having him. He's a great player. He's extremely talented. Speed wise, he's just a real down the field weapon. And we just haven't been able to utilize him as much in Tampa. So, you know, I get his, I understand his frustration. Um, I would I mean, want to be used as much as like Mike Evans. Yeah, is. I mean, you got to be frustrated when you're that type of a, com- a competitor, that type of athlete. You you know, you, you want to be great. I mean, it's understandable. Um, but back to this Cowgirls game, kind of like wrap up this Cowgirls on defense. Uh, it's another tough week for the Bucks on defense. And if they thought that they were going to get a break from the running game, I think they might get a little more. Yeah, man, they dude, the Cowboys can they can run the football and as of late they can throw the football, especially bringing a guy in like Mari Cooper from Oakland, which was an absolute which at the time everyone thought, man, a first round draft pick for Mari Cooper. Like what the hell is uh what what the hell is Jerry Jones thinking? But I mean, Amari <laughs> Cooper has not disappointed the Cowboys fan base as of right now. But Going forward, this defense has gotta gotta have a solid game plan for Zeke and Amari Cooper. Um, so if you let them set the tone on offense with their run game, it's gonna be another another long game for the Bucks, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, especially when you got Dak Prescott, who's somewhat of a mobile quarterback, he can make plays outside the pocket. He can run with his feet. He can still make some th- good throws from inside the pocket. Um, I think we just really need to contain Dak, keep him in the pocket maybe bring some pressure from the defensive tackles and linebackers, get some blitzes into his face, make, make it where he can't step up into the pocket, but also contain him with the defensive ends. Because if he gets outside the pocket, there's a good chance that Dak is going to make some big plays down the field. So definitely from the defensive ends, containing him, get some pressure through our defensive tackles. If it, if it needs a blitz, then let's bring some pressure. We got nothing to lose. So I'm really hoping that Mark Duffner can see what his players can really do in these final two games. They're not playing for anything. Maybe show some Let's be aggressive. Shows. Yeah, let's be yeah. aggressive, man. I mean, if you got nothing to play for, try some new stuff. Try to see what these players respond. They put them in different positions. I mean, who cares? And it's the Cowgirls. Yeah, It'd be nothing better than to go in, go into Cowgirl Stadium pony up and and beat these little guys you know to let's take let's ruin someone else's playoffs you know what i mean uh i don't think the draft position is going to be too much crazier whether we're an eighth pick to the 14th pick uh, or the fifth 16th pick i don't i don't really care i, I want to see this uh, most core of this team is going to be back a lot of these players are young and they're coming back like let's let's just keep a good energy into the next season. I don't like tanking. I don't like losing for picks. Let's get Jameis a couple more confident games under his belt. Next year, he won't hopefully grab any asses and Ubers, so we should be good where he can do a whole offseason. And let's let's gain some confidence, man. Let's, let's beat a team that everyone thought was no doubt a playoff team. You know, let's do that. Yeah, I don't see Jameis grabbing any Uber drivers in the, the near future. He's got a he's got a little baby boy. Yeah, he takes he uses Lyft really now. Lift he's really a Lyft guy. He said that uh, the drivers there aren't aren't as <laughs> aren't as attractive, so they don't force him. I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't know the difference between the drivers, but uh, yeah, yeah, let's not joke about that because that might no. become a reality, and we yeah. don't want to be talking about that. I apologize. I'm sure Lyft drivers are great. 
But um, yeah, man. Um, other than that, uh, guys, the the Bucks game is on one o'clock, I believe, on Sunday in Dallas. Am I correct on that, or is it the Sunday night game? Eh, nope, it's one o'clock in Dallas. One o'clock. All right, cool. Um, one o'clock. Uh, make sure you stay tuned. I'm gonna be watching, even though I'm remote. You know, recording here in Massachusetts. You know, we're we're remote. You know, we still gotta work and we still gotta do stuff, but. We're still here bringing you guys the essential Tampa sports news, uh, and I'm really excited. I think it was a pretty good episode. I'm excited to touch base with you in a couple of days and bring you guys some more stuff. Um, Mike, you know, you know, appreciate you coming on again. You know, I'm having a blast bringing bringing these guys the Tampa news. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been it's been fun to be able to do talk about stuff that we are very passionate about. I mean, we're just doing this right now for our own enjoyment and bringing you guys Tampa Bay sports. You know, it's just fun. We're trying to be more experienced at this. So just give us a couple of weeks. We're going to really try to become uh, the next people on ESPN. Who knows? Uh, probably not. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, sure. honestly, uh, before you you get into your dreams on the podcast, I know we have some good stuff going on in the future here. Uh, I don't know if you want to kind of foreshadow some guests we're about to have on i know uh, some of our listeners have kind of told some of the some of the people we've been working with but i know i'm really excited you're really excited uh i don't know if you want to kind of i guess te- who, who's the guest we're about to have on man yeah in a couple of weeks it's going to be the conclusion of this this nfl season and the day after the nfl season happens it's black monday and there's going to be some coaches changes around the nfl especially here in tampa bay so we're going to have andrew scavelli from peter report he's been he's been with peter report for the past few years he's he was hired on this year so he's been on channel 8 news on tuesday nights at 10:30 or 11 talking some fantasy football um so he's going to be in with us on monday sometime Crazy, man. We honestly get this. Yeah. i'm excited man uh just uh, you know, obviously you've known him for a little while, and me just working with him very shortly. I'm just really excited to get him on our show with us. I know our listeners are really excited, and this is just the beginning, guys. Uh, but this guy's got great info. He he knows his fantasy, he knows his Tampa Bay Bucks, so he's gonna be on, and he actually might have some tidbits and some some info we didn't we didn't know, and maybe even. He might have some insider, you know, knowledge or just uh, some insight that we didn't know and could really help, you know, he might know something we don't. So I'm, I'm excited to have him on. I know you're excited. Uh, yeah, guys. So that's episode two, man. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped, dude. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to watch some bucks this weekend. Let's ruin some play. Let's ru- ruin some cowgirl playoffs. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Uh... Hopefully we can get a big win in Dallas. That'd be awesome. Even though I want a higher draft pick, but that's just me. Um, just go ahead. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Follow us on SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Tampa Bay Sports Cap. Um, any positive feedback that you give us is greatly appreciated. We could uh, grab that information and try to implicate, try to put that into our next and upcoming podcasts and just help us get better. We appreciate it. Yeah, guys, um, really appreciate it. Uh, and till next time, man, Tampa Bay Sportscast, we out. In this high time, Buccaneers, we prime time. Yeah. Better tell the other team to call a timeout. Yeah. We crunk till we jumping on the sideline. That defense laid that helmet like, uh. I know you felt this. Shout out to all them Buffs.
fans, R.I.P. Leroy Selman, yeah It's a Bucks life and they don't understand it, baby I go hard for my team to the end, baby Deshaun Ghosted, they know you ain't playing, baby Hit stick, I make the crowd do the way, okay. baby